This is the Troll Patrol. Live with Justin Freakin. Welcome to the Troll Patrol. Live. It's a freaking Thursday. How hard is it to be a leftist and a grifter? Well, it's kind of hard for me to be a grifter. You see, I worked in the media business for 20 years, and I feel like I was a grifter back when I was a news reporter. And I was not being honest with people, that I was trying to split the difference between the two parties. Uh, honestly, like, there's so much money. Like, I made a whole fucking, uh, like, 25 cents from YouTube in the last week or two. I think I think Patreon paid me out, like, four-something dollars. I mean, I make a, a modest uh, amount of money from my media ventures. Leftist grifter, that's what I said. To be a grifter, I would have to be lying to you. I'm not lying to anybody. Not only, not only am I 100% genuine. I show my sources. Uh, this lab, like 20 bucks or something like that. You should totally get a content warning fucker shirt or a right wingers or moron shirt. I, yes, you were, you used it as an adjective to describe a noun. Leftist as an adjective describing grifter. I was breaking them apart and saying you were describing me as two things, both a leftist and a grifter. I'll agree with the leftist part to an extent. But grifter would imply that, like, I'm being disingenuous. I totally believe everything I say. And furthermore, I will tell you that the only people who are genuine in what they say to you are leftists. I know this for a fact. I used to work for a right-wing radio talk show host. And he was absolutely full of shit. And he was constantly trying to convince me that I should play the game. Whereas I'm principled and I actually have beliefs. I I agree. We're getting into semantics here. and That's not really uh, my wheelhouse. Plus, we've got something to get to because there is a... Well, I'm not full of shit, sir. I know what I'm talking about. <laughs> uh, my fans will tell you that I am very well researched. I'm not going to bullshit you on this show. And I'm going to show you exactly where I'm getting my information from. But we have a hostage situation currently unfolding in Minnesota. Uh, this is amazing to me because the I, I found a live feed of the local news in Minnesota. They came back from break and they're like, we're still following the ongoing hostage situation, but here is sports. Now it looks like they're giving COVID statistics. I do not understand how you have an active hostage situation and you're not covering it on your news. Yes, uh, uh, Ruski or Rusky, 
Give us a call in, 917-830-4359. We, we don't need cops. I agree. But I, as a news reporter, fucking love shit like active hostage situations. Four hours now. This is happening at the Wells Fargo on 33rd Avenue South. In I don't Central love Island. it. I love covering it. Right now. Uh, Jeff, what can you tell us? Frank, we are standing across the street from the Wells Fargo Bank. You can see there's a crowd of people. Kid, I don't know who you're talking to. I spent years, years showing cops in a good light. 20 years in the media business. A good chunk of that was news. The cops would call me when they were doing their little uh, shop with the cop shit. They'd call me when they were doing their... Uh, fucking media blitz for their DUI awareness campaigns. I'm not a reporter anymore. I was a reporter. I was a reporter. Years and years ago. That's a whole nother lifetime ago, sir. Now I'm a stand-up comedian. The Reds. When are the Reds ever good? I don't know anything about baseball. A public information officer. Yes. Not only public information. Fuck, dude. Like, one time a cop was fucking going 90, 100 miles an hour down the road, wrecked and killed himself in just a one-vehicle accident. I had to go report on it. I had, I had, I had gotten an eight ball of Coke. This is probably when I was like 22 or 23. I was doing uh, fucking coke with my friend in my apartment. And my, my fucking pager. This is back when pagers were still a thing. My pager starts going off. Then my cell phone goes off. Then my personal cell phone goes off. I'm like, fuck. There is actual breaking news. So they had the cop that died. I had to go high off my ass on cocaine. But all the cops knew me. So they weren't fucking... They were all upset about their buddy dying and shit. I'm there on the scene. It's nighttime. Just blistered out of my mind on coke, interviewing these cops about their buddy who died. I don't... I do not do speed drugs. I, uh... I do downers. Get me on the speed drugs. I start doing weird things like putting panties on. Still, still talking about the COVID and not the active hostage situation. So let's get the breakdown of exactly what's going on. Showing you uh, the bank in a live picture, because just in case whoever's in there, uh, we don't want them to see the formation law enforcement is making around the building right now. St. Cloud police tell us, uh, and the authorities tell us that the hostages in the bank are employees, not customers. Uh, St. Cloud Police here, FBI, SWAT team. Uh, officials have not told us how many hostages are in the bank. And last report from authorities, there have been no injuries reported. Law, law enforcement saying they are negotiating with whoever is inside. This started just <laughs> Residue. afternoon. A spokesperson for Wells Fargo says they're working with law enforcement to help however they can. Keep up. In a statement, they told us we recognize this is a traumatic moment for the community and our colleagues. 
colleagues the safety and security of our so far no one hurt is our most important priority that we know Again, of this is an ongoing situation law enforcement say they are still in negotiations this is not currently live but it is still going on again without showing you the picture i can tell you the swat team this was moments ago uh several of the roads in and around this area have been shut off to traffic but there is a pretty decent sized crowd forming across the street from the bank here at the we are not we are not getting into a discussion about epistemology here on this show there are indeed truths uh one of my favorites to point to is the circumference of a circle is always pi no matter where you exist what universe what planet you're on the the circumference of a circle is always going to be pi there are truths but that's a whole nother discussion why are people coming in here throwing like uh, philosophical issues at me i do a fucking uh news headline show The master that makes the grass green. But is the grass even really green or is that just a perception? That's the way we perceive grass. I don't think the grass is actually green, just like the sky is not actually blue. Well, once again, this is... This is... This is what I spent five years in college doing because this is what the fucking philosophy department is. How am I showing that I'm an idiot? Ruski or Rusky. Give us a call. 917-830-4359. Well, I mean, I'm, I call it the troll patrol for the love of God. I mean, it's not like I'm being serious. I didn't dress up in a suit and tie. You can catch me in a suit and tie every morning on the freaking news. 8 a.m. Eastern, YouTube, Facebook. Show us on the doll where I hurt you. I would like to know what's going on. This is the live feed from the Minnesota News the CBS affiliate in Minnesota <laughs> where the hostage situation is going on. We are not getting info. This is some pictures. Here is one of the hostages being released. Rocky. So, currently we have a hostage situation going on in... God, I don't even know what city it is. Was it uh, St. Paul? We're in Minneapolis. FBI agents and police at St. Cloud are responding to a hostage situation at a Wells Fargo bank. St. Cloud police say they were dispatched to the bank just before 2 p.m. Central Time. He said, curious, bro. What are you curious about? I is that a is that a positive thing or a negative thing, Rocky? I hope it's a positive thing. 
Dude, you like you can't just sidetrack the show. Tell me to scroll back up in the chat. No, what you need to do is call 917-830-4359 or uh, 1v1 gave you the Discord link. Other, otherwise, we're going to talk about the news because I do have things to do tonight. Resident Evil 7, or 7, Resident Evil 8 comes out. I think I know how to read. I do it every fucking night on the show. Okay, so earlier today, a girl at a Idaho school shot three people. She was disarmed by a teacher. A sixth grade girl brought a gun to her Idaho middle school, shot and wounded two students and a custodian, and then was disarmed by a teacher on Thursday. The three victims were shot in their limbs and are expected to survive. Officials said at a news conference, Jefferson County Sheriff Steve Anderson said the girl pulled a handgun from her backpack and fired multiple rounds inside and outside Rigby Middle School in the small city of Rigby, about 95 miles southwest of Yellowstone National Park. A female teacher disarmed the girl and held her until law enforcement arrived and took her into custody. Authorities say they are investigating the motive for the attack and where the girl got the gun. The girl is from the nearby city of Idaho Falls. Police were called to the school around 9.15 a.m. Now, the thing about this that really breaks my heart is I saw this screen grab of one of the messages that one of the students sent to their parents. School shooter, dead serious. I love you a lot, I promise. Oh, never mind. It's a drill. We heard real gunshots. No, it's real. I love you. I love you so much, Mom. That breaks my fucking heart. That's a that's a student's messages to their mother in real time during an active shooter situation. Apparently... The kids go to great lengths to keep their phones on silence so that they never get them taken away during school so that they'll be able to text their moms that they love them in the event of a school shooter. And this is fucking America. And right-wingers don't want to do anything about it. This is a policy matter. This doesn't happen in other countries. So it's not a few bad apples, or it's not a criminals are going to find a way to do anything. They do it with knives instead. No. No, teachers don't need to carry guns. You don't need to put that responsibility on fucking teachers that already have enough on their fucking plate. We need to properly fund education. We need to fix the ills of our society so kids don't feel the need to go dragging a gun into their schools. Remember, kids, shoot up drugs, not schools. Freaking approved.
Well, I mean, if, if, if you've watched my show before, you probably know that my position on guns is that we should outlaw the manufacture and sell of guns. I'm totally cool with the possession of guns. Build your own gun. You want to shoot someplace up, you got to work for it. God damn. Knowing, knowing the amount of effort that Americans are willing to go to things... Making them have to build their own gun would indeed cut down on a lot of shootings. Shoot, skeet, not schools. The attack appears to be Idaho's second school shooting. In 1999, a student at a high school... Fired a shotgun several times. No one was struck by the gunfire, but one student was injured by ricocheting debris from the first shell. Utaho. So we'll we'll know more in the coming days. A wild story also this morning. You, you know America's getting back to normal with all this shit going on with school children. An army trainee used a rifle to hijack a school bus full of children. This happened uh, at Forest Lake Elementary School. Recap of the incident that occurred. We had a 23-year-old soldier in training or what we refer to as a trainee uh, jump our fence line uh, with his issued weapon and make his way into the community uh, during this process he was able to get gain access to a bus that had 18 children on it uh, he did make it known to the driver up front he did not want to harm anyone he just wanted to get to the next town what we assess right now based on everything that we know and having scrubbed through his counseling's feedback from his direct Leaders that he had uh, since he's been in training, he's been in training only for three weeks at this point, uh, that he was very quiet, very quiet individual, uh, hailed from New Jersey, uh, one relative that we know of, and so we assess that he was just trying to... I, this is... He didn't want to hurt anybody, he just wanted to make it to the next town over. What? What? Make an attempt. Guns for everybody. At some point, he left the bus. He did leave his weapon. His weapon did not have ammunition. Uh, but to those in the community, those on the bus uh, would not have been aware of that. But he was uh, holding himself accountable for his weapon as he fleed uh, from his unit, but no weapon. At this point in training, no ammunition is issued given three weeks in. As he left the bus, uh, one thing that he was trying to do, uh, because he was in his physical training uniform, was trying to acquire new clothes and a ride, which we assume would have been to a bus station uh, the airport train station in order to make it home. Uh, there, There is nothing that leads us to believe uh, through his counseling or through anything in his screening records coming in that this had anything to do with harming others, uh, harming himself, or anything that links to any other type of nefarious activity. Uh, understanding that three weeks in, uh, we do experience several... Uh, I, I like how this dude also being very... Generous, curious. He's like, surely there were better carjacking prospects. <laughs> he didn't mean to harm anybody. He just hijacked a school bus full of children. 
I don't mean to laugh. This was I'm sure it was harrowing for the children and the school bus driver. Soldiers that over the course of their initial stages just have that desire, that anxiety, and due to separation uh, from their their families to get home. And we think that was truly uh, his intent and, and nothing beyond that. I do want to express uh, a great deal of uh, sympathy to those parents, to the bus driver, to our community. Uh, we are part of our great community. It seems like they did. We'll find out here in just a second. Every single day. We not only live in the community, we are part of it. And to our community, uh, this is something that was a failure uh, with regard to me and my role in terms of our accountability procedures and processes. So for me, this was a key failure in our accountability processes that, that I will fix going forward because the outcome uh, potentially could have been much worse. Uh, we, are, we are thankful, very grateful that it was not. Uh, but that leads me to what procedures to change here in the future so that we don't have an incident of this, of this nature. I would assume he's in the brig. A federal judge has overturned... Ah, shut the fuck up. A rival-toting U.S. Army trainee hijacked a busload of children. The suspect is 23-year-old New Jersey native, Hovan Colazzo. The sheriff released brief video clips taken from inside the bus during the hijacking, showing the man holding a rifle. Where's the video clips? That's the kind of shit I I like to see. Come on. The suspect brought all 18 children to the front of the bus where they started asking a lot of questions of the suspect. If he was going to hurt them or or the bus driver, the questioning frustrated the intruder before he let the children and driver off, drove himself a short distance, abandoned the bus, left the rifle on board, and was captured without incident. Total time the man was on the bus with the kids was about six minutes. So as he left the bus, one thing he was trying to do was trying to acquire new clothes and a ride, which we assume would have been to a bus station, the airport train. <laughs> he really didn't want to serve in the military. The bus driver and the students who were headed to Forest Lake Elementary School in Columbia were not harmed. Some students had cell phones and called their parents, alerting them to the hijacking. The driver had recently undergone active shooter training because, of course, it's America. And Locke gave the man and those students full credit for keeping their composure. I do not. I This country. Fuck. But I mean, at least we still have some semblance of a country. We came awfully close to losing it on January 6th. The FBI is still after... Hold on, let's... They're still talking about COVID and not the hostage situation. I'm very upset. If one of you guys can find me a live feed of the hostage situation, we'll totally watch that. FBI is still after the worst of the worst in Capitol Riot as new arrests come at steady pace. More than 440 people have been charged with taking part in the Capitol siege, coming from all but six states, with most coming from Texas, Pennsylvania, and Florida. 
I got the vaccine yesterday. The side effects are mild. I feel fine today. Four months after the January 6th riot at the U.S. Capitol, FBI agents maintain a steady pace of arresting people accused of taking part as one of the largest criminal investigations in American history keeps growing. More than 440 people have been charged with taking part in the Capitol siege, coming from all but six states. Men outnumber women among those arrested 7 to 1, with an average age of 39. That makes total sense, though I thought that uh, there'd be a few more boomers in there, kind of bumping it up. According to figures compiled by the Program on Extremism at George Washington University in Washington, D.C., a total of 44 are military veterans. More than 60 of those arrested so far face some of the most serious charges. The pace of arrest has remained steady as the FBI sorts through hundreds of thousands of public tips. In nearly 90% of the cases, charges have been based, at least in part, on a person's own social media accounts. By the way, speaking of Parler, it's been down the last couple of days. But apparently, it's not a thing. I hadn't even seen a story on it. Not even the blaze was like, Parler's down. A New York man, Robert Chapman, bragged on the dating app Bumble that he'd been in the Capitol during the riot. The person he was seeking a date responded, We are not a match and notified the FBI. That's one of my favorite stories of all this. Investigators have also used facial recognition software comparing images from surveillance cameras and an outpouring of social media and news agency videos against photo databases of the FBI and at least one other federal agency, the Customs and Border Protection. They've also subpoenaed records from companies providing cell phone service, allowing agents to tell whether a specific person's phone was inside the Capitol. Because all these survivalists and Boogaloo boys were dumb enough to take their fucking phones in the Capitol. I post this show on Parlor every fucking day. It was getting thousands it was getting thousands of views, but Parlor is mainly bought since it came back. I was not aware of the riots in Colombia. I the, one of the things that I need to focus on is being more aware of international stories and bringing them to you. All right, so let's go to Nancy Pelosi, who gave an interview to PBS yesterday. President Biden's plans to create jobs, confront climate change, and help strengthen American families are ambitious. To achieve his goals, his plans need to make it through Congress. Key to that success... I am anti-cocaine shortage. We spoke earlier. Not that I'm a big cocaine user. I'm just pro-drugs. Let me start, uh, Madam Speaker, with President Biden's ambitious uh, jobs and infrastructure. She looks stupefied. With his aid for American families plan. Between the two of them, $4 trillion uh, in, in new spending. This is an amount that has even some of your fellow Democrats. Uh, Joe Merchant! Uh, what are you hearing? 
Well, I'm hearing that people are very excited uh, by the president's agenda, and uh, we all want to know uh, how we're going to meet the needs of the American people, and he has given us a blueprint. So far, so good, but we're probably getting ready to for the most part, always been face off with old shitty Biden here shortly. To be, but really meeting the needs of the American people, and infrastructure has grown. It's no longer roads, bridges, and mass transit. It's also uh, high-speed rail. It's water systems. It's issues that relate to uh, broadband and how we reach into rural— Mandy, I am not drinking raspberry tea. This is wildberry tea. I just brewed some. But I would totally brew some raspberry tea for you if you were here, my dear. Was urban deserts in terms of broadband. So there are many more things. Well, as as we were saying, uh, the price tag four trillion, unnerving even some Democrats. And the other issue here. Who gives a shit? Money's imaginary. Now a group of again even Democrats who are saying that they are not going to be able to go along with what is looks like the price tag is going to be. You're hearing analysts say President Biden is going to be lucky to get half of his proposed increases on wealthy Americans, on capital gains, uh, state taxes, corporations. I am worried about the tax cuts, especially uh, like we're, gonna be able to support we're gonna have to have a filibuster fight before any of this can go forward. State and local tax deductions, which we know would I I campaigned for uh, Americans. Butar in the congressional race well, against uh, Pelosi last, last election uh, cycle. Your, uh, the glories that have been bestowed to you on journalism, uh, I do not subscribe to all or stipulate to any uh, most of what you have said about where the Democrats are. The Democrats will support, I'm talking about the House of Representatives, what the president is proposing. The American people, in a bipartisan way, support what the president is proposing. And She's like, we're going to whip those votes. And I fully support it, and my members do too, uh, that nobody making... Uh, She's a deal maker, at least. I mean, she knows what she's doing. Like, that, that was very sly how she did that. Like, oh, the house is going to be in line. Average Joes. Now, I myself am strongly for removing the, what the Republicans did on the salt. And I uh, and I'm not only sympathize, I support what they are saying. Uh, but again... I don't want people drawing lines. I think one person has said to me he's not. He the problem is going to be in the Senate. Madam Speaker, another of the many important issues before the Congress right now, as you know, is police reform. The George Floyd Act did pass the House. It is now in the Senate. There are negotiations <laughs> underway uh, involving Republican senators, Democratic senator, and uh, Congresswoman Karen Bass, whom you appointed to work on. This. Now, Diane Feinstein, the senator from California, she's the opposite. She thinks she knows where she's at, and we're all surprised by where she's at. There are many a Democrat that needs to go. On the verge of some kind of an agreement uh, that would involve uh, keeping. Uh, a, a kind of legal protection for individual police officers, uh, so-called immunity, but allowing a lawsuits against police departments. If that is what Congresswoman Bass comes back with, is that something the Democratic caucus can accept? Karen Bass. I want to see Nancy Pelosi and Tucker Carlson in a in a funky face-off. 
uh, when on uh, May, May 25th, when, uh, when the assassination, which was clear to all of us, happened before our very eyes, uh, uh, was only about two weeks later that Karen Congresswoman Bass introduced the legislation. You know why? Because the Black Caucus has been working on this for years, and they were ready. And, the, and the, her leadership as chair of the uh, Crime Subcommittee then of the Judiciary Committee— Oh, she's referring to George Floyd as an assassination. I was like, what political figure got assassinated? month anniversary of the— That took me a little bit. —George Floyd of the bill passed the House of Representatives. Madam Speaker, as I said, several important things, uh, so many important things to ask you about. One has to do with investigating <laughs> what happened on January 6th, when there was yes. a mob that overran the United States Capitol. Here we are four months later. Hmm. Um, when I go home with Nancy Pelosi, if she's hitting on me at a bar, so I might. I'm freaky like that. As many are suggesting to have President Biden appoint a bipartisan commission, equal number of members on both sides, uh, to investigate what happened. No. I think this is something that the Congress has to do, this, uh, uh, similar to the 9-11 Commission. So you're talking about the bipartisan commission to investigate the Capitol siege. Uh, was made on the Congress, on the Capitol of the United States, on our democracy. This is about January 6th. But it's really important for people to understand this. There is still strong, very strong denial in, among the Republicans, at least I can speak from the House standpoint, of what actually happened. You see what they're doing with one of their own leaders for speaking truth or because she won't lie. Representative Liz Cheney. We talk about even how we pass our bill, our supplemental, to repair the Capitol. They're like, well, why do we have to fix the windows and doors? You know, like what happened on January 6th. So there's denial of what happened then. And then there's denial as to how uh, this has to be the focus of it. Well, you, you alluded to uh, what the Republicans in the House are, appear to be on the verge of doing, which is removing uh, Congresswoman Liz Cheney from her role as the conference chair. We're probably going to get that next week. I will totally carry that live. Congresswoman. But that might be something that happens in, a, in like a committee session. On, on what we might not get to see that process. So they have the right to do this. What's your take on it? But we're looking like midweek well, next week. I involved in their caucus, and they don't get involved in mine. Uh, but when it, I, I do speak to the fact that Liz Cheney has been very courageous in speaking truth about what happened. Also, Liz Cheney is not our friend. She is still a far-right fucking nut job, the daughter of Dick Cheney. Uh, Liz Cheney is doing is indicative. Uh, what they're doing to her is indicative of what they're doing about the entire event that happened uh, on on January 6th. Uh, it, they're, in, again, in denial. When we talk about uh, what the architect of the Capitol wants to do to strengthen the physical structure of the Capitol, why would we do that? Why would we do that? All, all they want to do is... Well, it's getting kind of old. ...spent on the day of. It's, uh, it's really... Imp it's, I don't want to be a fearmonger about this, but nothing less is at stake than our democracy. Any comment on Elise Stefanik? That's just really up to, to them. I, I don't know. Maybe she's more, shall we say, compliant. I don't. I, it's not my business. I don't really know her, and I don't. Um, I, as I say, they don't get involved. Let me. Uh... So that's the comment right there. Elise Stefanik took issue with. Now earlier today, Stefanik's communication director. 
was temporarily suspended from Twitter. Twitter temporarily suspended the account of communications director for GOP rep Elise Stefanik late Wednesday, reinstating it Thursday morning. Caroline Levitt, Stefanik's communications director, in an interview with Fox News Tuesday morning, said she was given no explanation from Twitter after she was locked out of her account. So, Levitt, who worked at the White House during the Trump administration, said her last posts were all related to uh, Stefanik's efforts to replace Representative Liz Cheney as House Republican Conference Chair, including a retweet of a post previewing Stefanik's interview on Steve Bannon's show. How is that motherfucker not in prison? She is more compliant. That's exactly... She's not going to buck the part. That is literally why they're replacing her. Liz Cheney is stepping out of line with the Republican Party. Levitt also told Fox News she tweeted out a link to former President Trump's new communications platform from the desk of Donald J. Trump. Twitter also... Suspended that account. An account pulled from Twitter for appearing to belong to former President Donald Trump's newly launched communications platform was not created by the ex-commander-in-chief's team. The Post has learned. The plot thickens. The 45th president uh, on Tuesday revealed his new website from the desk of Donald J. Trump, which allows him to provide his thoughts in Twitter-style posts which can be shared on social media sites from which he has been banned. The site is meant to serve as a place to speak freely and safely, a statement from the Trump team said. An account appearing to belong to the former president's new platform, DJT Desk, emerged on the social media site shortly after, but a source close to Team Trump told the Post that the account was not created by anyone on President Trump's team. I'm sure it wasn't. It was probably created by one of the super PACs that doesn't actually work with him. Twitter 100% in the right for suspending it. By the way, right-wingers constantly are like, it can happen to you. It can happen to you. So I would like to point out, it already happened to me years ago, motherfuckers. I've been suspended from Twitter for years, and I didn't incite a riot against this country. So shut the fuck up. If we are applying Twitter rules evenly, the president should have been banned long before I was banned. Platform permanently banned the then-president following the January 6th Capitol riot that we have covered in depth. The social media bans are seeing a positive effect. Coming to us from Vox, this article says, Here's just how much people have stopped talking about Trump on Facebook and Twitter. I'm your friend and I'm banned. Donald Trump used to be everywhere on social media, but lately it feels like he's nowhere. Many have noted just how little people have been talking about Trump from cable news to Google searches since he lost the election. The numbers are startling. 
Mentions of Trump went down by 34% on Twitter and 23% on Facebook the week after he was banned. Trump mentions have continued to decline around 90% on both platforms from where they were the week of the riots. Now, I'm sure they were up at that time as well. He was getting ready to leave office. We were all talking about him. And also, a lot of it is... A lot of the mentions of Trump were people like me, you guys, people on the other side mocking him for saying stupid shit everywhere. I haven't been banned in a while, actually. I have been very good on the current Facebook account that I hold. Of course, it's impossible to divorce the decline in the Trump conversation from the fact that he's no longer president. Also a contributing factor, I'm sure. But we always have the specter of Trump hanging over us. Currently, we have the recount going on in Arizona, where the Arizona Republican Party has hired a firm that is very pro-Trump, pro-conspiracy theory, to audit the results of the Arizona vote in Maricopa County. The U.S. Justice Department is worried about the Arizona vote recount. The DOJ wants to guarantee that federal law is followed, which seems perfectly reasonable now, doesn't it? The U.S. Department of Justice expressed concern Wednesday about ballot security and potential voter intimidation arising from the Republican-controlled Arizona Senate's unprecedented private recount of the 2020 presidential election results in Maricopa County, specifically the urban area where Phoenix is. In a letter to GOP Senate President Karen Fan. The head of the Justice Department's Civil Rights Division said that the Senate's farming out of 2.1 million ballots from the state's most populous county to a contractor may run afoul of federal law requiring ballots to remain in control of election officials for 22 months. And Principal Deputy Assistant Attorney General Pamela S. Carlin the Senate's contractors' plans to directly contact voters could amount to illegal voter intimidation. Right-wingers are shameless. Absolutely shameless. Let me give you another example of it. Republicans that voted against COVID relief against the Biden stimulus plan are promoting it like they did vote for it. Because of course they are. This is coming to us from the Associated Press representative Nicole uh, Miliotakis said it pained her to vote against the $1.9 trillion American Rescue Plan. But in the weeks that followed, the first-term Republican issued a news release celebrating the more than $3.7 million from the package that went to community health centers in her district as one of her achievements. She said she prided herself on bringing federal funding to the district and back into the pockets of taxpayers. 
Every Republican in Congress voted against the sweeping pandemic relief bill that President Joe Biden signed into law three months ago. But since the early spring votes, Republicans from New York and Indiana to Texas and Washington have promoted elements of the legislation that they fought to defeat. The Republicans' favorite provisions repeat a tiny sliver of the massive law which represent, oh, I'm sorry, represent a tiny sliver of the massive law, which sent $1,400 checks to millions of Americans, extended unemployment benefits until September, increased the child tax credit, offered housing assistance to millions of low-income Americans, and expanded health care coverage. All things Republicans are always against. Republicans tried to negotiate a smaller package, arguing that Biden's plan was too expensive and not focused on the nation's health and economic crisis. Democrats are promising to make the pandemic relief vote and the Republican resistance to it a central element in their political strategy moving into next year's midterm elections. Guys, we're starting to ramp up into the talk about the midterms. People are starting to announce their candidacy and shit. GOP lawmakers have been especially bullish about promoting the Rescue Plan's Restaurant Revitalization Fund, which devoted $28.6 billion to struggling industries. To the struggling industry. I'm, I'm not high enough for this shit. Applications to the program reopened this week. House Minority Leader uh, Kevin McCarthy, a Republican from California, topped a group of at least eight Republicans who have encouraged constituents to apply in recent days. The Independent Restaurant Coalition acknowledged the Republicans' awkward position, but offered its thanks anyway. The GOP ultimately benefited politically from uniting against the massive economic stimulus package signed into law by President Barack Obama in 2009. Republicans scored massive gains in the House and Senate the following year. It doesn't look like that's going to happen. It there's a good chance that Democrats lose the House, but if Trump keeps digging his nose into races, it's probably going to be a benefit. And it looks like Trump's going to do it. Apparently, Trump rallies restart this month. And if the Democrats can do something with the messaging about how hypocritical right-wingers are, then maybe they can make some headway. Another Republican hypocrite, Governor Ron DeSantis. Apparently, he only allowed Fox News into his little signing ceremony. I watched a little clip of it. Apparently he was on the five or one of their morning shows and he was signing the bill live on Fox news. What absolute propaganda. He didn't let any other media organizations in. So here's Florida governor Ron DeSantis getting asked by the press about that. Why did you only allow Fox news to capture the moment you signed the controversial election bill? So we did a, a wonderful bill signing for this great elections bill. And it was uh, live on national television. For propaganda reasons. This is exactly what fucking dictators do for propaganda. 
um, on Fox and Friends, and we were happy to give them the exclusive on that. And I think uh, I think it went really, really well. But that's broadcast to millions of people, not just and obviously throughout the whole country. Not really. A number of people in Florida are, are watching that. We had a crowd. We probably now that that'll give them in the crowd that were really cheering on. So it was an exciting day to be able to do that, and it's the first bill signing I've ever done live on a on a national broadcast. And so uh, it was good. We also had a great visual aid. The controversial voting restrictions. That's what he went on Fox News to sign that he's so fucking proud of that he did on national TV to limit the voting rights of citizens. That we were able to show where we're do- showing all the, all the great things uh, that are in the bill. And, um, you know, some of this stuff that was going on in other parts of the country where you'd have these uh, big private groups come in and spend hundreds of millions of dollars to run elections. Uh, that is unacceptable. We are it was probably Alec that wrote the fucking bill he signed. So let's talk about private groups coming into states, Ron DeSantis. Uh, we're also going to continue with voter ID, which is very, very important to make sure that you are who you say you are. Um, and we're also going to make sure that we don't have ballot harvesting. Okay, it's not for some political operative to get a satchel full of votes and dump them off. You get the vote, you send it in, or you go vote in person. It's one thing to have a family member take, fine, but to have these paid operatives go out there and do it like they do in California and like they do in some of these other states, that's a big, big problem. You know, voting is supposed to be a secret ballot. You're supposed to go in, you have the booth and all this stuff. And then you have ballot harvesting. You have people that are going around and messing around with other people's votes like that. I think it's a terrible for, for, for our country. So Florida, we just said, no, uh, we're not going to do it. So I think it was a really positive day. Uh, and another reason why I went on Fox News is because this is your 2024 front runner. Absent the Trump effect, this is your 2024 front runner. And he's corrupt to the bone. Had a reporter, or I mean, I'm sorry, he had the data analyst arrested for trying to expose his cover-up of the COVID numbers. He sold access to his donors, Publix, got preferential treatment to the vaccine because they gave to his campaign. Speaking of gigantic pieces of shit, not Joy Reid. Apparently she's cool. I don't watch cable news. You guys, you've heard me say it before. My exposure to cable news is what we watch here on the stream together. I'm not a fan of that shit. But apparently Joy Reid is really cool. This was the first time I ever watched a clip of hers. I don't believe I've been exposed to her before. And uh, uh, Tucker Carlson had some choice words for her, and she responded back. So. so just for the record, I don't spend a lot of time watching Fox News or the BS Factory, as CNN's Jim Acosta more colorfully dubbed them this weekend. Personally, I prefer my news and information to be grounded in reality rather than monetizing my amygdala to keep me on edge and buying my pillows and gold. However, according to Media Matters, The Root, Crooks and Liars, and others who watch Fox News, so you don't have to, at least three times in the last month, well, Tucker Carlson took time off from badgering strangers in parks. And- I'll throw right wing watching there, and there's a few other sites as well that watch Fox News, so I don't have to, and that's how I find the clips and 
put them together for you guys. Bouncy houses to demand that they show him their children's unmasked faces to refer to moi as the race lady. The race lady. Why would he call me that? I mean, I used to run track in high school, but I mean, honestly, I'm not that fast. So what else could it be? Ooh, what else could it be? Watch the race lady on MSNBC. Harvard educated, but totally oppressed and absurdly racist claims, says the race lady from Harvard. Joy Reid, the race lady over at MSNBC. Here's the race lady from MSNBC finally putting her Harvard degree to work. Oh, wait a second, Harvard educated race lady. Now you're really confusing us. Well, Joy Ann Reid, the race lady over on MSNBC, took a quick break from haranguing Whitey yesterday. He's got a weird obsession. Honey, Tuckums, is this really about me fixating on race, or is it about you fixating Projection. I mean, when you recently went off on me for continuing to mask up post-vaccine while jogging in crowded Central Park, you weirdly, as you did in that montage, threw in my attending Harvard. Now, I don't know, maybe I'm sensitive to this stuff, but it felt kind of like a dog whistle. I mean, did you want to go to Harvard? Did, did they reject you? And you think, oh, yeah, they let the race lady in. Blah, affirmative action. Blah. Well, listen, let me cheer you up, okay? I got into mm. Harvard and, okay, Yale, Vassar, and the University of Denver, too, because I had a really high GPA and fantastic SAT scores. And that's how affirmative action works, love. Schools search for smart people from diverse backgrounds so that these schools won't be as dry as all the major sports leagues were before they desegregated. As dry as Ben Shapiro's wife's pussy. Maybe you didn't have great grades and great test scores and needed your girlfriend's daddy to help you get into college doesn't mean that you don't have amazing people in your life who love you. I mean, you got all that Swanson money, right? Fish sticks for everybody. Woo! And, you know, you had fun at Trinity. I like fish sticks. You like fish sticks? By the way, what was the Dan White Society? You know what? Moving on. And just because the CIA rejected your application, I mean, look, things turned out fine for you. You had a great career over here at MSNBC. Oh, oh actually, okay. That oh, I remember that. Look, you were great on CNN, though. Until John. Oh, I remember that. You, but it's fine. You're fine. Things are going great for you. Back to the whole race thing. Just saying, I'm not the one who spools out over my neighborhood changing like I'm some segregationist housewife from the 1950s. That would be you, Tuckums. And I'm not the one spouting a conspiracy theory that white people are going to be replaced by a Democratic Party conspiracy to import non-white people to outnumber them, a theory that was also mouthed by the Charlottesville Dickey Torch Nazis. That would also be you. And the reason I continue to mask up in crowded places is because I don't know how many people in those crowds that I'm jogging around didn't hear about the court case where your bosses said that your show isn't news. No reasonable person would take Tucker Carlson seriously. Are taking precautions against COVID rather than freaking out about a piece of cloth and busting into the target to cough on all the cereal boxes like they're 17th century colonizers touting measles blankets with them. People like you and your friends and Fuck Tucker are keeping us steeped in COVID sickness and rage and paranoia. And the ways in which you, little Tucker, are making America worse are why I will continue to keep my mask on in a crowd. And we'll have more on your endless COVID hell that the endless COVID hell that the Tuckers of our country, who by the way are the absolute worst, are helping to create. God damn! 
should know that you can follow today's top stories. That's how you do a SmackDown. Bravo, Joy Reid. Tucker has gotten it from several places over the last few weeks. John Oliver eviscerated him not that long ago. Did a whole episode on him. New Jersey cop fired for post berating BLM protesters as terrorists. Hopewell Township Police Officer Sarah Irwin was terminated Friday via unanimous vote of the town committee, which accepted the recommendation of a hearing officer. A second officer, Sergeant Mandy Gray, was demoted and suspended for six months for replying to a comment on Irwin's June 2020 post. The fact that she supported her position as a fellow officer, that was the reason that they actually suspended her. I want to see what the post was. Okay, Irwin urged anyone who backed Black Lives Matter to unfriend her, prompting Panzo, Gray, Ferner, Peck, and Harbit to show support for the post, according to the report. So those were uh, employees since retired. Irwin's post was investigated by the Mercer County Prosecutor's Office, but no criminal charges were filed. I would hope not, but she doesn't need to be a cop. She's been there for 20 fucking years. All right, we've got a college professor on leave after having a heated discussion with a student. So let's go down here. Let's check this out. Apparently, this apparently apparently the student is a bit of a bootlicker, and the professor is like, "Hold on here, bootlicker." So. Let's, let's hear, let's hear. All right, so uh, you brought up the police <clears throat> in your speech a few times. Um, so what is your, like, what is your main concern? Since, I mean, About- honestly, the whole reason police, mm-hmm. uh, I mean, it, it, it is systemic. <laughs> the issue is systemic because the whole reason we have police departments in the first place where did it stem from? What's our history going back to what Jeremy was talking about? What, where it was, what does it stem from? It stems from people in the South wanting to capture runaway slaves. Maybe they shouldn't be heroes. Maybe they don't belong on a kid's show. Uh, so I disagree with the what Jeremy said about it because uh, I think cops are heroes and they have to have a difficult job, but we have to have the All of them? Life. Oh, I, I'm not, I mean... First of all, I don't. I don't think... Doing a job you're hired to do makes you a fucking hero. What what the fuck is the definition of hero anyway? Let's let's get the precise definition here. A person who is admired or idealized for courage, outstanding achievements, or noble qualities. You know, honestly. Th- a person who is admired or idealized for courage, that can apply to cops. I'll give the kid that. Okay. By strictest definition. 
I'd say uh, a good majority of them. You have bad people in every business and every yeah, part. Yeah, oh, well, wait, a wait, lot wait, of wait, wait, police wait. officers have committed atrocious crimes and have gotten away with it and have never been convicted of any of it. And, and I say this as a person who has family members who are police officers. Yes, I, I, I understand. Um, and this is what I believe. This is my opinion. And this is you know not popular to say, but uh, I do support our police. And we have bad people. And the people that do bad things should be brought to justice. I agree with that. But I think that... Uh, and that's the reason why they're not heroes, because the people responsible for bringing them to justice are their co-workers, and they don't do it. Instead, they protect each other, and they have a thing called the Blue Code. Say it, say it again. They haven't. Well, I agree with you on that point of they should, right? Okay, so what is and your bottom line point? You're saying police officers should be revered, viewed as heroes, they I, I on TV shows with children. That I think they are heroes in a sense because they come to your need and they come and help you. And they they, have, they don't. The courts have ruled that they have no obligation. We should fix that. But I think they're, they're heroes. Well, they're I think that's the problem. It's looking at it as a business because they're actually supposed to protect and serve the people. They not do the protect help. us. Who do we call when we're in trouble and someone has a knife or a gun? I wouldn't call, call the police. police. I wouldn't call the police. Call the police. I don't trust them. I don't trust them. My life's in more danger. Who would you call? And their presence. Professor. I handle it myself. I wouldn't call anybody. Well, would you have, I'm if someone intruded your house off. with a gun, what would you, would you have a gun on you or no. who would you call? It's my time to go. Okay. okay. Well, I'm not going to be out in your house with a gun. There's not much you can do at that point. Calling the police is kind of just, you know. Yeah, yeah. And I know that it's not popular for me to say that to you guys and, and people in here, but that's what I believe about the police. Okay, and, thank you. I appreciate um, it. Thank you thank guys you very much. for listening to my point. I appreciate it. Thanks. I will say, yeah, I'm glad you did say that, even if I disagree with you. It's important yeah. that. And we should fight for the right for people to say things that we don't even like, right? I may not agree with what you say, but I'll fight for your right to say it. Amen, Within some Amen. extent. I'll say well, who, who was trying to stop him from saying it? They were having a discussion. What the, what the hell is that about? As if he was in any danger of not being able to say. the police, Fucking like that's all police have been portrayed as. My entire life has been heroes. I got taken to the fucking uh, police station as a kid. I've got pictures of myself with the fucking troopers all around me. Yeah, Mandy. So that I can understand why somebody might have an adverse uh, reaction to that kid calling cops heroes, given what I know about the cops. I what the fuck? Here we go. Alabama trooper charged in child rape hid checkered FBI past. Now, I am sure. How how in the fuck? This guy had a history. He had to have some help covering it up. An Alabama state trooper arrested last week on charges he raped an 11-year-old girl had been kicked out of the FBI amid a string of sexual misconduct allegations, but was hired by the state agency in Alabama, of course but was hired by the state agency with the apparent help of a fake bureau letter that scrubbed his record clean. 
An Associated Press investigation found Christopher Bauer was suspended without pay and stripped of his security clearance in the FBI's New Orleans office in late 2018. This was amid allegations that included a co-worker's claim that he raped her at Nye Point. How in the world does he get hired on? And how in the world is he not in fucking prison, but gets hired on as an officer? So you're going to tell me, kid, kid, college kid that we just heard from. You're going to tell me that these cops should be portrayed as heroes when they allow this scum onto their force. And and probably give him the opportunity to commit this crime, I would assume. But Alabama authorities either overlooked or were unaware of his history. The Alabama law enforcement agency, the state police, told AP that it conducted a full and thorough investigation into Bauer's background when he applied to be a trooper in 2019. Apparently you didn't. Bauer indicated on his application that he was still employed by the FBI and had never been dismissed or forced to resign. Yeah, they don't call your references most of the time. Also, like about a decade now out of college, give or take, and not, not once have I ever had to prove that I had that piece of paper. I don't even know where the fuck it is anymore. So kids, just go ahead and lie. Say you got whatever fucking degree you need. Fuck it, money ain't real. This guy gets a job as a cop. Fuck it. The state's law enforcement credentialing commission provided AP a copy of the letter purportedly from FBI headquarters that makes no mention of Bowers' ouster, confirms his decades of creditable service, and deems him eligible for a rehire. Oh, okay, maybe something like that you had to prove you have a nursing license. I've never had to prove I have a broadcasting degree. Nobody has ever challenged me on that one. Bauer, 41, was arrested last week in Montgomery on uh, on charges including sodomy and sexual abuse of a child under 12. Bauer remained jailed Wednesday on a $105,000 bond. He has a fucking bond. He can bond just like Duggar bonded out. What the fuck is wrong with this country? The FBI declined to say whether it was asked for any information about Bauer's suitability to be hired by the state police. Alabama Governor Kay Ivey's office referred questions on the matter to the state police, which did not respond to repeated queries about the details of Bauer's hiring. Bauer resigned from the state police following his arrest. He wasn't fired. (laughs) He wasn't fired from being a cop. 
Because he was arrested. He resigned. What a fucked up system. Oh. So we do have a couple of cops testifying against a fellow cop in Huntsville, Alabama. Those two cops aren't cops anymore, though. I wonder why. Former Huntsville police officer Ganesha uh, Pegs testified, uh, this was yesterday, that she was trying to de-escalate an encounter with Jeff Parker, a man pointing a gun at his own head. So, dude had a gun at his own head. When Officer William Ben Darby arrived and increased tension at the scene. Darby is on trial this week for murder. Pegs testified after a Madison County jury watched body camera video of Darby shooting Parker in the face with a shotgun. A suicidal man was shot in the face with a shotgun. Parker called police. He called police. He he called police himself. Called police to his home in West Huntsville on the afternoon of April 3rd, 2018. And said he was armed and suicidal. Peggs testified that as the first officer on the scene, she took the lead to try to prevent Parker from hurting himself so that she could get him help. Darby was the third officer to arrive on the scene that day. He took a shotgun from his patrol car and sprinted toward the front door. Pegs was standing at the front door, partially inside the front room. Parker was sitting on a couch with a gun pointed to his head. Darby shouted for Pegs to point your fucking gun at him. Oh, for Pegs to point your fucking gun at him. Darby walked past Officer Justin Beckles and yelled several times for Parker to drop his gun. Less than 30 seconds after walking up to the house and 11 seconds after entering the house. 11 seconds after entering the house. Darby shot and killed Parker, according to the body cam video. Darby is arguing that the deadly shooting was justified and that he acted in defense of himself and the other officers at the scene because of course he is a fucking piece of shit. The prosecution has rested its case after calling just five witnesses. They rested on Tuesday. The trial is probably going to go on for a couple more days. Hopefully justice is served. Shotgun to the face of a man who was suicidal. This is a monster. All right, now we have wild video. I don't think anyone is heard in this, but we'll go ahead and we'll throw out content warning fuckers. An armored truck driver escapes an an attempted highway heist. Inside a cash and transit van, moments before the ambush. Behind the wheel, former police special task force veteran Leo Prinzlöw. It's Lloyd Mtombeni's very first week on the job. 
transit company said one of the most dangerous jobs in South Africa and this is why so we're we're in South Africa here gunmen firing AK-47s from a speeding luxury sedan they're trying to kill Prince Lu shoot out his tires on a highway in the capital Pretoria he forces the sedan off the road but the threat isn't over Security experts told us that this is the criminal's M.O., using at least four vehicles with multiple gunmen. Watch as a white pickup comes in from the left. Oh, wow. They try calling for backup. Often cash and transit teams pay with their lives. On this day, they were carrying cell phones. There were more than 150 heists like this in South Africa last year alone, according to police data. Just in the last few weeks, several dramatic incidents, like this one in Cape Town, have shocked South Africans. Prince Lou has been praised for his calm head and quick thinking. I think he's just stunned. Look at him. And nothing was stolen in the attempted heist. David McKenzie, CNN, Johannesburg. Wow. I, he's still stunned. Look at him. He can't believe what's going on. Damn. All right, so I'm not I'm not sure the details of all this. Apparently, we have a mummified cult leader that was found. Three hours from death. So, so let's 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 get the details here before we listen to the son of the mummified cult leader. Seven people with suspected ties to the Love Has One religious group, referred to as a cult, in uh, Sagat. Hold on, I don't want to butcher it. Sagachi, maybe. And get a pronunciation. Oh, here we go. When we offered to settle your disputes over how to pronounce place names around Colorado, we did not realize we were signing up for a full-time job. First, you sent us to Buena Vista. Then it was Ure. Now it's I didn't. I didn't want a whole fucking thing. We called the sheriff's department to settle it once and for all. We pronounce it. So watch. Usually, they'll like if I order. So watch. Okay, I was way off on that one. Hopefully, that's not a fucking white person version of a native name. In Sawatch County, they are facing charges of abuse of a corpse and child abuse after police found the woman's body in a home in the small rural town of Moffat. Cole Carlson, okay, this is this is the son. The body was found in a back room bedroom, lying on a bed wrapped in what appeared to be a sleeping bag. What appeared to be glitter-type makeup was found around the woman's eyes. The body was decorated with Christmas lights and appeared to be set up in some type of shrine. Whoa! Here, let's 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 see if this is the original news report. 
This is wild. Well, I'm... Doesn't look like it's gonna play for us. And oh, there we go. Us right now on Fox 31 now is our very own Nicole Fierro. Nicole, one of our rock star reporters here, has been digging into the Love Is One cult pretty much all day. Um, so, uh, Nicole, I figured we just recap for viewers who are watching this at KDVR.com or the Fox 31 app. What we know, uh, again, um, seven people have been charged. I don't even want to try, Mandy. Uh, after a. a a female body was discovered at a home in Uh They have connections to this cult. Uh, we do believe what? that the Chitta. is that of the alleged cult leader. Um, and uh, we're getting more information about all that. But just, and Nicole, I'd, I'd love to pick your brain about all this. Is what a cute little town. Uh, with, um, you know, abuse of a, course and, a corpse and child abuse. What did you learn about the culture of this cult and, and what they were really all about. Tell me about that. A lot. Seriously, this town is gorgeous. I spoke with uh, three people today. I spoke with the uh, a former member. Who That's how you say that? The, no way. The title of a father god. The leader is the mother god. Uh, he said he was a former lover of this uh, of this. Uh, woman who they believe her body is the one they found they explain in the documents that her don't do religion ever in a very odd state uh, mummified her eyes might not be there and that there was glitter around her she was wrapped in christmas lights this information actually came to the son of this woman as as a big shock i spoke with him as well he told me that he 15 years ago he left their home and he's his he's the oldest son that he um met up with her maybe once a few years ago they would talk on the phone here and there maybe a couple skype calls but okay so that's let's actually hear from him we've got we've got him Denver, in a small western colorado town a group with an international following consumed the life of a young boy's mother well, i am amy's oldest child my mom is a cult leader or was a cult leader cole carlson says 15 years ago his mother amy also called leah carlson left him when he was 10 to become the leader of love has won former members tell us she was considered and called god she was the earth incarnate she is mother god of all creation with some of the details uh that have slowly continued to come out uh have been rather shocking to me honestly um but they're also like they're a cult you kind of expect weird things to come out yeah this reported mummified person is indeed his mom mummified and eye makeup but no eyes just yeah very disturbing the whole thing is just so disturbing a shared reaction with one of the leader's former lovers andrew profacci makes me angry and very sad that she's passed but really creeps me out profacci says he joined the group's chat room online and lived with them for 10 months in 2015 amy or mother god told me i was going to be the vessel for this father god consciousness to come into you know the planet both find trouble in what's transpired over the past few years makes me mad and I really don't want to see this work continued, especially not with her name attached. Well, I mean, they arrested everybody, didn't they? 
Yeah, seven people with suspected ties are facing charges. That's what, like, we saw their mugshots. Wow. Left her baby to become a god. Noble. Scathing report last December criticizing Denver. I just... Uh, so we've we've gotten to just the crazy story portion of the show, in case you hadn't noticed. Here's another one for you. A lunch lady in Louisiana, a Louisiana a school cafeteria worker, was busted for allegedly hosting teen boys at her home for sleepovers, where they watched porn, drank booze, and engaged in sex acts. So this is Dawn Marie Bay. She is 38. She allegedly met the boys who were ages 13 to 16 at the school where she worked as a lunch lady. She allegedly invited them on multiple occasions to her home in Baton Rouge where they watched pornography, drank alcohol, and participated in sexual encounters. She was arrested Friday. I love how they repeated that just to like make an article because there's not many details here. She was arrested Friday on multiple charges of indecent behavior with a juvenile and contributing to the delinquency of a juvenile. He was booked into the Terrebonne Parish Criminal Justice Complex, being held on a $50,000 bill. Now, that if anybody needs to be out on bail, it's her, because, like, yeah, what she was doing was predatory, but, like, the boys were probably into it, too, so. He should be punished. But it's not like a fucking Josh Duggar thing where that motherfucker should have already been under the jail. I Watauga and Appalachian and Elizabethan are easy. I don't understand how people mispronounce those. I don't know the point you're trying to make. I... Because female pedophiles are far more likely to be doing shit with, like, their students. Uh, It's it's the males that are, like, predatory. Predatory behavior is, for some reason, uh, like, it's found a lot more with males. But now, earlier we did the story about the school shooting today, and that was a female school shooter. That doesn't happen very often, Did you tell me I'm saying it wrong? Now, Elizabethtown is in fucking Kentucky. Elizabethton is in fucking Tennessee. I'm pretty sure I'm right on that one. All right, so this is wild fucking video. This is coming to us from Washington State, where a man had to drive backwards... Several miles. When we shared this strange and startling video last week of a car cruising backwards at 45 miles an hour on State Route 16. Oh, okay. One of the people who saw the story. Oh, I'm sorry. My apologies. I thought you were calling me out. But do keep in mind, there's Elizabeth. Uh, now I'm all fucked up. I'm going to be Elizabethtown in uh, Kentucky. So, 
yeah, I had a fucking when I was like a little kid, I had a librarian that was like she was like an acclaimed author. And she wrote fucking children's books and shit and uh she had a big thing about like the pronunciation of Appalachia, so that's But I heard somebody else mention that like the Appalachian Mountains run all the way up into the northeast. So while we feel that we have the claim to the Appalachian Mountains and how to properly pronounce the name, who are we to tell somebody who also lives in the mountains up in fucking New York, you know, how to say the fucking word, right? It was the driver. Yeah, it was me. I'm I'm Nathaniel Grayson, and... um... I'm the infamous drive backwards on the freeway guy. <laughs> <laughs> ah, this dude's so cool. Now, but when you actually hear what led to this, my life was like in danger. So I was driving as if I was driving with my life on the line. Nathaniel was actually taking emergency action. Turns out my car has this thing where uh, the steering wheel locks up. We checked federal records. It's been a problem owners of early 2000 era Chevy Malibus have been reporting online for years. I remember that. Wasn't there a recall? Nathaniel reacted by slamming his brakes. So I'm just in every lane going, and then it does a 360. I hit the wall like, bang. His car was now rolling backwards with steering now working after somehow missing other cars who were heading right at him. So he kept going. I seen the exit sign. I was like, oh, you know what? I could probably make it to the exit. He figured his reverse trip would only last about a minute. I'm like, dang, this exit is really far. (laughs) But I'm like, I got this. I got this. Take it easy. And I just stay focused. I don't look around, but I see cars like driving by. I'm like, do they not notice I'm going backwards? That's when he got the attention of other drivers who marveled at his skill. Time to slow down. And I was just like, I feel like I, was wow. like, I can do this. Even State Trooper Robert Ryer said, Unbelievable. Nathaniel says he's heard the comments online about this all being a stunt. He says what actually happened here was a small miracle. Really, I was just trying to save my life and make sure nobody else got injured. Gary Horker, Cairo 7 News. Yeah, I don't think it was a stunt because he would have been fucking. He, he would have been filming himself on the Instagram or something if he was like an influencer that was trying to get follows and shit from it. That was amazing. Mad props to him. Okay, so I am uh, calling it a night early tonight because it is the release of Resident Evil 8. So if you are watching on Twitch, I'm going to send you over to Dirtbag. Oh, it looks like he's playing video games. Let me... I'll send you over to Sun Soul. He puts on a quality show. All right, go ahead, light one up, tip one back. It's all right to have a little fun before you hit the sack. I'm Justin Freak, and we will see you tomorrow night on the Troll Patrol live.